Welcome to the podcast, the special event studio, COVID Conversations. My name is Scott North. I am the sales manager for TO Live. TO Live manages the three City of Toronto theatres, Meridian Hall and the St. Lawrence Centre downtown, and Meridian Arts Centre uptown. My responsibility is to get private, non-ticketed special events into all three venues. We were about to launch the special event studio podcast when COVID-19 hit. Because we are now living in a different world, we want to get some perspective from my colleagues in the event industry and how they are managing. Welcome to the podcast, the special event studio, COVID Conversations. Will, how you doing? Here we go for another one. You all set? I'm ready to go, Scott, as always. And, and uh, you're hanging in there? I am hanging in there. Hey, Will, as, as the guy that I uh, send things by and, and ask questions to all the time, I'm, I, I'm, this morning I'm reading in the, uh, the paper, well, not the paper, uh, online news, and for the first time I see the virus described as, it said, it's SARS, S-A-R-S, capitals, dash, C-O-V-2. Like, I, you know, I, I heard coronavirus before, and I heard... Um, COVID nineteen, but what's what is that? Um, yeah, so my like my understanding of it is that SARS CoV one was the first SARS outbreak we had, however many years ago that was twenty was it two thousand eight or earlier than that maybe two thousand two. I'm not gonna be able to peg an exact. Yeah, so the first that. that first outbreak of of SARS that first virus was SARS CoV one. Okay. Um, and so this this new virus that we're dealing with now SARS CoV two is is very similar in in its makeup to that first virus but this is a different strand of it obviously it's more infectious and less deadly than that version but they're fundamentally the same virus um and that's the same with with the common cold too it's also a SARS virus they're all very very similar in how they're made up um obviously there's differences at a genetic level but and that's why you can't make a vaccine that cures all of them but um that's that's pretty much it. And then COVID nineteen is is I think it's actually the disease that you get from getting the virus. So when okay. you get when you when you test positive for COVID nineteen, you have that virus in your system, but you also have the effects of that virus. So that's okay. pretty much it. Man, well, that was, I, I, I didn't <laughs> expect that. Uh, uh, to, to all our listeners, Will is, you know, he is the social media specialist for TO Live. He is the producer of the uh, special event studio podcast. Um, you know, I've come to know Will to, to know a lot more about a lot of other things. But Will, how in the heck do you know that extensive of that? Um, I think I looked it up at the start of this whole thing, just out of curiosity. And my mom is is a biochemist in her background and she worked with a lot of stuff like she worked with AIDS before it was AIDS. Like she worked with the virus back in the day. So, you know, I turned to her when I had questions about these things cause she does know a lot. So, um, well, that's, good on that's you, where Will, I get it <laughs> from, uh, NHL hockey bubbles to, uh, pandemic viruses. I can always ask you for your knowledge on it. So thanks. Yeah. You're welcome. Scott, always here to help. Always here and, to answer your questions. I know you are. You always do that very willingly. And uh, on that note, let's uh, let's jump into the next episode. For our latest podcast episode, this gentleman is the manager event planning at Equitable Bank. 
He is also the Vice President of Membership for the International Live Events Association, and he was named one of the top 25 young event pros from Special Events Magazine. Evan Babbins, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Well, it is great to have you, and uh, I apologize, I'm a little out of breath here from running up and down the stairs a couple times. Um, Evan, uh, first thing that I have to mention is that, you know, out of 16-some podcast episodes, you are the first one that has just very recently had a new addition to the family. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been four and a half weeks since my son was born. Four and a half weeks. That's that is that's awesome. Um, now I, I can imagine, uh, you know, any anxiousness uh, to to you know. Obviously, you knew the due date and, and pandemic hits. Uh, any anxiousness going through that with a with the birth of a child? So I think that's a that's an interesting question. Um, so when my wife first got pregnant, obviously there was no pandemic in sight or anything. Once the pandemic sort of came around, we sort of looked at all the options and all the sort of worst case scenario, best case scenario. And I think, to be honest, you know, obviously we don't have the physical support of people in the house helping us and, you know, that kind of level, which has been on a negative spin. Oh, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But I didn't think of that. For sure. But I think, you know, there's so many positives. You know, if not for COVID, I tell people all the time, I've been blessed as an event professional and someone who's, you know, at the office all day long, late hours sometimes, leading the event life, traveling for events, on-site at events. COVID has given me the ability to be present in the first four and a half weeks of his life, where if there was no COVID and I was at the office and life was normal, there would be so many things that I would have missed so far. There would have been, you know, the first time he smiled, I would have gotten a picture of it from my wife. Yeah, whereas, yeah. whereas, you know, working from home and having the, I'll, ca I'll call it in this aspect, the, the, you know, fortunate, being fortunate to be working from home because, you know, I don't like working from home, to be honest, but that's another story. But yeah. Being able to be home and working from home through COVID has been able to give me the, the blessing of presence. And, you know, there's so many negatives that have come from COVID, whether it's the event industry or people losing their jobs or people being furloughed, all these things. But mm -hmm. being able to bring this 1% offset into the world has been has given me such a silver lining of being able to be there and, you know, see him all day and, you know, bring him with me on calls and people at the office love seeing babies, you know, and, yeah. you know, it's been, it's something that I could have never had an experience I could have never had, had there not been COVID. So to answer your question as a long way around, you know, there were so many things that we could have planned for, but so many things that I didn't realize would be so amazing because of COVID happening. Hey, that's 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 certainly taken the best out of this this situation we're in. That's a pretty nice silver lining to have, Evan. Now, one one question: when when he was born, were you able to be at the hospital with your wife? I was there from start to finish, nonstop. So 
we gave birth at St. Mike's Hospital in Toronto. And they're one of the only hospitals or one of the few hospitals that never had any restrictions for um, partners. They only allow one person in with you. So, you know, my wife had to make a decision and I think she chose the right person. <laughs> at least I hope so. Um, you know, but, but I was there um, with her from as soon as we got into the hospital. I was there when he was born, I was in the recovery with her post-op with her. I there was there overnight. They didn't make me leave. Really. The only thing we had at the hospital was, you know, when there was medical professionals in the room with us, we had to wear masks. Um, and we didn't think we were going to be able to travel through the hospital, like go to the cafeteria to get food. So we stocked up on tons of snacks and everything. And we were actually able to go to the cafeteria to get food and all that stuff. So, um, it was a, it was a pretty, pretty great experience. And again, you know, if not for COVID, you know, I'm, I, and I know I would have been there the same way, but just having the two of us there for this whole process and not our parents and our siblings and all these other people, the, the revolving door of guests in the hospital, you know, made it really special that it was just the three of us in the hospital and now at home that it really has allowed us to bond and gotten closer as a, as a new family unit of three. Whereas if not, again, if COVID wasn't around, we would have had all the visitors and the revolving door forever. And not that there's a bad, that's bad or, or, you know, not, but it really has given us the time to figure out how we're going to lead our life and how we're going to run our family without those distractions. I would say. So yeah. that's awesome. So, yeah. so that, very awesome. It's a, you know, it's a, it's a great thing. As I say, the first time since we've been doing this, that we've had kind of a, well, def, the first time that anybody's had, uh, had a child mm-hmm. during this. And, and so kind of a personal thing. Um, great to hear. And, and here's to your boy, all the best to, to your boy and, and you and your wife on that. Thank you. You're welcome. Now. So, so getting into, uh, you know, the professional side of Evan Babbins. Now here's a question for you. Equitable bank. Um, I had not heard of Equitable Bank until, you know, we, we, we amalgamated and started doing things at the St. Lawrence Center. And a couple of years ago, uh, you, you, your group came in for the corporate meetings that you do. Uh, Equitable Bank does, you know, kind of an annual corporate meeting at St. Lawrence Center. Um, so what, what is Equitable Bank? So, uh, so Equitable is, uh, there's sort of two sides, I would say, to the business. So we're not your traditional bank. So we're actually a mortgage lender um, and we deal with commercial and residential mortgages. Then the other side of the business is EQ Bank, which is a consumer facing non-branch bank that's fully digital, where we have amazing um, interest rates. We have some really amazing products that we've actually just launched. We're continuing to launch nonstop. So we have um, we partner with TransferWise to be able to have customers send money internationally for a fraction of the cost at, you know, 10 times the speed of other companies. We had just launched joint accounts, which has been amazing. Um, so there's really two sides of the business, the equitable side, okay. which is the the mortgage side, and then EQ, which is the consumer facing um, digital, fully digital bank side. Awesome. So, so Will, there you go. Uh, when you're ready to buy that house, you can go to Equitable Bank to get that mortgage. <laughs> exactly. 
Okay, so Evan, now, so prior to, prior to you know, middle of the March when, you know, everything changed, what, t- tell us what kind of, you know, what, what was a regular business week for you with, with your job there at Equitable Bank in the event planning? Yeah, for sure. So uh, my team and I, um, in a, I'll call this a normal world, quote unquote, um, we manage about 300 events coast to coast, literally from Halifax to Vancouver, because um, we have offices across the country. Um, so we, you know, manage the entire event process from working with our partners, working with our clients, working with our internal teams and stakeholders to really get the vision of the event, whether it's an internal or external facing, uh, work through, you know, vendor negotiation, vendor processing, um, you know, contract signing negotiations, um, setting up creative with our in-house creative team. So we're do all our own, you know, graphics and design and all that stuff, whether it's video or, or static. Um, and then uh, working with the vendors that we've chosen to work with for the events and manage the on-site execution of these events. And then, um, you know, deal with obviously post-mortems and, you know, post-event wrap-up and um, making sure that whoever the key uh, stakeholders were obviously are always, you know, happy with everything we've done and budget reconciliations and making sure that we're keeping to all of our KPIs and, you know, all that stuff. So, and I would say we do sort of a three-tier approach to events. So we have our internal events for our staff internally at the bank. So that's, you know, your holiday party, your corporate meetings, our town hall, um, you know, investor days, uh, Halloween parties, those kinds of events, summer mm-hmm. party, which, you know, unfortunately didn't happen this year, like most of the stuff that's going on. Then our sort of the second prong is our externally facing events on the equitable side. So in that world, we, it's a very heavy sponsorship side that we deal with. So we'll come into an, an, an association in the mark in the mortgage space. So whether it's you know, Mortgage Professionals of Canada or the Alberta Mortgage Association or any one of those kinds of associations will come in and be sponsor for events. So so we'll sponsor their events and we'll send, you know, delegates to the events, whether it's trade shows or, you know, conferences or galas or golf tournaments or anything like those kinds of things. And then our sort of third prong of the event world that we do on the EQ side, and I don't know if you saw or not, um, we did the umbrellas in the park a couple of weeks ago um, in in July, actually. So the EQ side of things, we do more on the XM side of things where we're getting out into the public, we're getting the brand out, we're getting people to know who we are and what we do. Um, so that's more of a of an XM sort of play. Um, and hey, so what, what, what is XM? Experiential. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. so getting out and doing those, you know, um, on-site execution for like random events that we, so we did, uh, we put up 30 fully branded umbrellas um, in a park off the Danforth without any notice or any warning and people would just come by and be like, well, what's going on here? And, you know, it's just, it's about brand recognition and getting the brand out and showing people in Toronto that, you know, while there's this social distancing that's in play, you can still be outside, enjoy the summer. And hey, if you want to, you know, sign up for a savings account, you know, here's the benefits of, of signing up. So it's 
it's there's that sort of the three prong approach and then we yeah so that's sort of um the big pieces of our puzzle that's a that's a big puzzle and and, and you're involved you're involved in all of that and, and you travel across the country as well yes that's that's correct well i did travel so so you, <laughs> prior, prior to this uh yeah. you you were very busy very busy very busy is the understatement of the year okay we were on track uh-huh. to do we were on track to do this year for for between june 2019 and june 2020 we were on track to do almost 350 events. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. So walk us through how, you know, as, as the middle of March approached, um, how did things unfold for you? Yeah. So, you know, when, um, when things started to sort of happen, we, we sort of got the feeling that things were going to shift pretty early on, I would say. Um, so sort of the, in a nutshell, what happened was, you know, from the corporate side of things, um, the company made some pretty major decisions to shift everybody to work from home. So getting on, you know, Microsoft Teams, which is a great platform to stay in touch with people at the office, um, mm-hmm. being able to keep us as equipped to do our jobs in the best way possible. Um, you know, the company even gave us uh, an am- a dollar amount to spend on getting our home office set up. So whether that's a monitor for home, keyboard and mouse, a new chair, making sure that we were comfortable in this new world, in this new s- surroundings to make sure we could be successful outside of the office. Um, in terms of the event side of things, you know, things also sort of happened really quickly. Um, And it's funny, we noticed right away sort of between March 5th, I would say, and 15th. So right before and right after sort of things blew up, um, we were getting calls nonstop from events that we had in the books from whether that was internal stuff or external stuff. And everybody was on the cancel mindset. Everyone was like, this is crazy. This is not going to stop. We have to cancel right away. And it was, that was the big mentality for probably a good seven or eight weeks um, from that, that March 7th kind of time window. And then what we started to notice was, you know, getting into about May and early June, people started to realize that there was this virtual world and virtual webinars and zoom and all these things could be used to replicate in some capacity an event that could have been in person so we noticed a major shift between cancel as the only option to okay let's see if we can maybe push things to q3 or q4 this year and do it online And so we began sort of this wave of taking those cancellations and turning them into rebookings for later in the year or for into 2021 um, and working with our clients and our vendors and everyone that we work with to be able to facilitate that shift. And and so you, you had to adapt like 
did you have to then, you know, you're going to do something virtually. Did I mean, you, you couldn't just jump into it. You had to adapt and, and learn and, and find vendors and suppliers to, to, to help you out with that or how'd that work? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think from the vendor side of things, you know, I'm again, I'm, I've got a, like we talked about sort of earlier on, I've got a pretty unique background in the industry and, you know, in my past life, I'll say I was on the vendor side of things. Um, I still am, to be honest. I still, you know, pre-COVID, I still DJ professionally on the weekends. Um, so having that vendor mentality um, allowed us to really be able to jump on people who were shifting their process and what they were doing to a more virtual world. I would say potentially faster than others because of the network that, that we've created for ourselves, And, you know, with my experience with my vendor list that I have, um, you know, whether it's using different kinds of event platforms that are more curated to the event themselves, or whether it's going into a production company and using a virtual stage that they've put in their warehouse that used to house all these equipment, all this equipment that was being rented out every weekend, or using, you know, companies like that are using hologram technology or virtual, you know, other virtual offerings. Um, it's really been working with our partners and our vendors to bring the best experience to our clients. Okay. So, so now how, how busy are you right now? So it's, it's pretty, I'm, I'm surprised at how busy we have become. Um, I'm a little bit shocked at how busy we've become. Um, so we've actually noticed over the past, I would say probably since middle of August or beginning of August, we've noticed an uptick on things, whereas there was not that beforehand. So we're getting, especially on the sponsorship side of things. Um, and we do a lot of work with, you know, in Western Canada where, there were rules are a little bit different than the ones in Ontario. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we've got the sponsorships for golf tournaments that happen through the summer in Western Canada. And we have a couple golf tournaments, you know, in Ontario as well happening this month and into October. Um, and we've noticed that there is become stuff come like events have come back. Obviously people are following social protocols and, doing things outside where possible, you know, through the summer. Um, so, so we have started to see a little bit of a, of an upswing, you know, now what happens moving forward, I hope will stay that way, but you know, again, it's all really up to how things play out, but, um, we've definitely seen the last, I would say four or five weeks, um, interest has come back for, for events, for, hybrid of virtual and in-person based on numbers and um, what's allowed. Um, so yeah, definitely there's been stuff that, that have come back slowly and I think people are still, you know, nervous and I think people are still cautious on what they're committing to and what they're promising to do. Um, and I think it's a slow game. Sure. Now, an event or a, a golf tournament in Ontario, how how would that be different now? What what would we miss out on from before? So the biggest things you'd miss on is the dinner or the lunch after yeah. the tournament. 
you'd miss out on the silent auction and live auctions that happen at those meals. You'd miss out on, you know, activities at the hole. So whether it's a photo booth at a hole or a food truck at a hole when you're waiting to play, I think it's really been stripped down to what is the essentials, you know? So, you know, we've seen a lot of golf tournaments that we've done across the country where they've been like, okay, the, the tournament can hold 144 people at the most in a, in a regular, regular world. The full tournament is 144. Yeah. They're going down to a hundred and they're giving people their own golf carts. They're giving people time delays between start times. They're doing pre-boxed individual meals as you're leaving the tournament to go home. So you take your lunch back to your office afterwards. You're not staying and hanging out after. They're taking the um, silent auction or in-person auction and moving that to uh, an event app potentially where in the app you'll see all of the items that are that are available for your auction and you can bid on it on in the app. And then at the end of the tournament, they announce through the app, the winners of the silent auction or the live auction or whatever it is. So again, it's, it's really people being able to uh, make the changes that are needing to be made to stay relevant, to keep people engaged and to keep people interested in what the end goal is. Right. That, that, that's that's cool. I think silent auction app would be, you know, from personal pre- preferences and one that's been at several golf tournaments. I'd actually like the the uh, app rather than the actual thing. So that yeah, sounds sure. really cool. Yeah. Now, so, so Evan, um, just uh, you know, we're talking about kind of everything from an equitable bank perspective. Just uh, coming back, I, I said it in in the intro, you're the VP of membership for ILEA International Live Events Association. How, how has, uh, you know, have you, have you been busy with them as well? Yeah. So ILEA um, uh, has been very busy. Uh, you know, this is my first year on the board of the Toronto chapter. Um, so obviously recognizing, you know, the year that we're in obviously brings new challenges and different challenges for, you know, associations that we have to face and deal with. And, you know, we understand that, you know, people don't have the resources to commit to memberships as they once did. And, you know, I think it's really about um, still bringing value to people, Um, you know, when there's, you know, a handful of associations that you can join in Toronto and across the country and the world, it's how are you staying relevant to, to your members? How are you keeping new members, um, apprised of what's going on and what you're doing and in the world that we're living in how do you (coughs) sorry how do you keep current members who have committed to the membership and people who may not be able to both equally as engaged in programming and events in this covid world where you want to make sure that everyone still has equal value, but give your members that have paid that bit of a, an extra push. So um, it's really been that, that working creatively with the team at ILEA and, you know, working with our, with our members and, and people who are supporting us to 
keep the people that may not be able to commit to the financial, um, you know, commitments of a membership now, but keeping them, keeping us in top of mind for them. So as soon as they are at a point where they can commit to that financially, that they know to call us or get in touch with us right away, as opposed to the other guys that play in, in that world. Sure. I, uh, you got me in January, so uh, it's certainly disappointing that I wouldn't have been able to get the real experience of the way ILEA was supposed to be. But uh, right. We are um, doing some really cool stuff this year, so definitely keep your eyes peeled. There's We have an event coming up on September 22nd. Um, that's a roundtable discussion with a whole bunch of industry professionals that are going to give their sort of views and what's going on in their world. So definitely... That's like a- like a webcast or a stream? Yeah, or it's, it's actually going to be done through... So uh, we're using a, a an event platform um, to, to get it all done, which is a brand new event platform that's coming to market shortly. And this is sort of um, the way to, to bring it out. And I think it's going to be really cool. So yeah, definitely keep your eyes peeled for that. And um, we're excited to uh, to bring that to, to the industry. I will check that out. Um now, one, one, one other thing before we kind of get into, you know, how you foresee this changing or how, you know, coming out of it or, or we want you to look into your crystal ball in a minute. But uh, <laughs> one of the top 25 young event professionals. Um, I mean, I don't want to pat myself on the back or anything. Well, Evan, I'm, t- I'm 27 years into this industry. I never got any top young, old or anything <laughs> else uh, awards. So that's so, so that's special events magazine and yes and i mean obviously from talking to you you're involved in a lot of things you're not only busy with your job per se but you've got you're you're on the board as a as a vp and ilea you're a dj as well so how how, how do you get named that so how how they how did these this magazine find out all that about you so the way that i was told it happened was they put out a call for submissions for people to nominate um, event professionals. This was a global, um, this is, no, this was, sorry, this was Canada and the U S. So I guess they put out uh, a call for submissions. So to this day, I have no idea who nominated me for it. Um, So I, I was nominated by somebody in the industry who obviously knows me and knows what my background is and what my deal is. Um, I got an email from the former who just, she just actually um, stepped away from the position and moved on to somewhere else. But the former, um, I think her title was uh, creative director or I don't remember what her title was, but um, the one who basically deals with this whole thing and the articles and the, and the magazine, um, she sent me an email and she was like, listen, like you got nominated. Um, so there was a bunch of questions that they asked and headshots and a little bit of the background and what's your ideal event to be part of and all these, you know, kinds of questions. And, you know, they said, this is not a guarantee that you're in and you made it, but, um, we'll know in June, um, who made it and who made the list. And, it'll be released in the summer edition of the magazine, uh, digitally and in print. Um, 
And then I was sort of, I sent in all the information and it was this waiting game of every day in June, checking my email and refreshing every day. And finally the email came in and the link was sent to me. And I was actually the title, the header image for the article was was my headshot. So, yeah, I saw that. so it was funny when other people that were on the list posted it on their LinkedIn pages or Facebook or Instagram or <laughs> whatever, you. it was all my picture. Cause the, cause <laughs> when you, when you link the article, it goes to the header picture, which was my picture. Awesome. So, so you, you got more, you got more exposure than anybody in the, the, any of the other 24. Right. Well, you can't, you can't put a price on it on exposure like that. No, hey man, that's that's awesome to be to be acknowledged as as one of twenty five in North America. That's incredible. Congratulations, good good on you. Thank you. Um, so now now as we Will and I always we do this kind of on a weekly basis, and we always talk about you know are we in the middle, are we at the beginning, are we at the end? But uh, you know, do do you think what 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 is our future in special events? Is there ever going to be uh, full capacity live events? Are we ever going to do events the same? Are we ever going to go to work the same? what are your thoughts on how we're going to come out of this? Totally. So, so it's kind of a, it's kind of a, a push and pull. I would say the event planner in me, the event producer in me says that events and live events and in-person events will come back. I think people have the desire to be together in person as soon as it's physically safe to be there. So on a personal level, I hate being at home. I hate being away from people. I thrive on the interaction and the energy that comes with being an event. So I'll give you my my best part of an event world. So you know that moment where, you know, the lights are down, stage is set, you're show ready, the doors are about to open. Like that moment, you'll never get virtual. You'll never get that moment at home or in front of a computer with 1,500 people or 50 people, whoever is watching that event on their own computer. So that's that's my, my rational brain says eventually things will come back and they have to come back in my rational brain. How they're going to come back is another issue and another story. You know, hopefully there'll be a vaccine soon. When a vaccine comes, will that make a world of a difference? I hope so. Will there be in-person events before a vaccine? You know, does a mask do the best job? I think the mask is our best weapon right now. You know, social distancing obviously helps to a... A big extent, you know, so our 50 person events where, you know, you're getting a table of two people classroom style with tables six feet apart in a ballroom wearing masks. Are, is that an event? Absolutely. Is that something that could happen today? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Are people comfortable going to those events right now? That's the kicker. So, yeah. On a, an in-paper basis and, you know, in your sketches and your drawings and your renders and all that stuff, events could totally be happening right now. But the real question that we need to ask is what is what is people's comfort zones? And, and are people comfortable 
being in person in a banquet hall with a mask on or at a venue or at a theater with a mask on, you know, sitting with five chairs in between somebody, are you comfortable doing that right now or not? I think that's the question that needs to be answered more so than is an event physically possible? Because with all the changes that are being made and with all the, you know, you know, technology advances and being able to put people six feet apart from one another. I mean, that's an easy, that's an easy solve to this problem. The real challenge is getting that audience comfortable to come to that on-site event. Sure. And, and only time will tell. And, and let's hope that, uh, you know, that's quicker than maybe we're all thinking. I hope but Evan, so. it's we, we've we've flown through you know over a half hour chat here. I'm sure that we could go on for because uh, uh, it hasn't seemed like that. I'm sure we could go on for a couple more hours, but <laughs> we'll have we'll have to we'll have to cut it from here. So I want to thank you for coming on. I want to thank you for sharing all your insight. And uh, you've got a, a you know as a young guy, you've got a lot of things under your belt already. I'm, I'm sure you're going to do great things as you go ahead. Wish you and your family, your wife and your little guy. Um, you know when I was going through it, there was a bunch of people said to me you know, enjoy it all because it goes really quick. And I always just think, well, what, you know, what are you talking about? But my boy's 18, my boy's 18 now. And I do look back and think, holy smokes, did that ever go fast? So yeah, enjoy it all. You got a You got a nice start with, with a lot of time with them. So yeah, all the best. And, and thanks again for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. While our doors are closed for the moment, we certainly still are working into the future. If you need anything, don't hesitate to shoot me an email at scott.north at tolive.com. That's S-C-O-T-T dot N-O-R-T-H at T-O-L-I-V-E dot com. Thank you very much for listening.